Chris Chow's. Welcome back to the show. We got a good one today. I mean, nothing is going on in the NFL tonight. I mean, damn, is good stuff going on. But, you know, we got Jake. We got Kyle. What's going on, folks? Uh, this is like one of those like days that make you excited for football season. Mm. Because like all of a sudden, like there's not just like one thing that happened. It's not like just like a fat Lenny story. This is like multiple things are starting to change and and it's getting my it's getting my juices flowing. I just recorded a video before this. I even Ric Flair wooed in the middle of it. Ooh, I mean, right. for me, it's always a good day when you get a B and B. What is that? I'm breaking news boner. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> Whenever you get a chance, you record a breaking news video. Wow. The fact that BNB actually fits the exact acronym yeah. that you were going for there is almost mind blowing. Uh, but fun. yeah, we all know that you live for the breaking news. Mm. Mm. Viagra. Should, should we start there, Chels? Should we start with the breaking news? No, because you know what I want to start right. with. I got. Are you a moron? Oh, okay. <laughs> I am. I am that moron. We, you guys know this segment. It's a good segment. It's are you a moron? So let's kick it off. Are you a moron? I am that moron. So I was a couple days old last time where I found this out. I literally did not know this. And I think I'm a fucking idiot, man. The numbers on the toaster. Did you guys know that that is time, not rate of toastiness? And I, I just realized that I've been standing at this toaster, not understanding that the timer is about to go off. But yet I'm like, hey, man, I like my toast at a four. I did not know. Are that. You, you're joking, right? No, I'm serious, man. I did not know that that was time. I'm trying have, to remember because we have like time and toastiness on ours. Well, wow. that's why I've seen toastiness before. So I always thought it was toastiness. Yeah. Read of, of toastiness. It is not. Okay. My question is for this is who are the, who are the demons out there that are putting their toast on nines and eights then <laughs> if that's eight or nine minutes, like what, what are you trying to accomplish? Is there a nine? I don't know. How high does it go? Shit, man. My, mine goes to like six, and I think that's like devil toast. Man. Okay, so I have full disclosure. I have like one of those countertop. It's like air fryer, bake, toast, anything like all in one. So like you just tell how many slices you have and hit the start button. And then mm. there's, like a, there's like a meter of toastiness. So, but I do notice this. I just had toast this morning, so this is weird because I never have toast. We put the toast in there. I put my toastiness on a three because I like very light toast. And I'll be damned now that I think about it, the timer was like three minutes long. <laughs> See, so it's not toastiness. See, I, didn't I don't I don't I think I ever realized that. I did not know this, man. I've been educated on toast, but what the hell? Who taught you that? I saw it on Instagram and I was like, wow, you guys just blew my mind. So that's oh, like, there are good things on Instagram. Is that what you're trying to say? Apparently. I mean, they, they educated me on toast. So, I mean, it's good, but well, all right then. But, you know, we got some happy trails before we dive into all the big stuff, man. Danny Amendola announces his retirement from the NFL 13 seasons, undrafted rookie free agent, played with St. Louis, New England, Miami, Detroit, Houston. But really, I think his best career achievement was probably his ex-girlfriend, Kay Adams. They were a thing. I don't know anything. Apparently, I did not know that. Yeah, man, they were dating and I don't know why he let that go. I mean, personally, I feel Huge like a mistake, man, Danny, get back with it. I thought Danny Amendola retired years ago, to be completely honest. I don't know fair, fair if enough. I can tell you the last time I actually thought about Danny Amendola in fantasy football. It was probably back when he was, I don't know, 
New England, New England, yeah. maybe. And that's that's even a stretch because I don't think he did much of anything there. So, uh, yeah, happy retirement. He screwed up that relationship, I guess, uh, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But uh, happy, happy trails, I guess. I like Danny Amendola. He was the guy I, I was like, just stay healthy, man. Just mm-hmm. stay healthy. Give he me just a wanted seat. to be Wes Welker. He did. Who, like was Wes Welker. <laughs> he didn't want to be him. If he was healthy for an entire year, that man would have put up like really, really good numbers. He never he played in demon. 16 games. Never. And somehow he still cashed in after his St. Louis days and got New England to pay him like 40 million. Yeah. That is yeah. crazy. He uh <laughs> his career high was 689 yards receiving in a season. Right. Only one season with a hundred targets. Wow. Yep. I I assumed I thought he was better than that. <clears throat> I'm looking at his number now. Danny Amendola ain't gonna be missed nowhere in the end. That's why I hadn't heard the name. Exactly. I thought he was retired. Dude hasn't done anything. How many games did he play in that season? Like 12. Um he started it says he started six, but he didn't play in all 16. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, it it wasn't heck 123 targets only turned into 689 yards. <laughs> I mean, how, I don't even that's going to be all, Juju's stat line this year. It kind yeah. of, it probably is. But, I mean, that's that's impressive. I mean, that is I, – I didn't even know that you could get such few yardage on so many targets. Mm-hmm. He did have that one great catch in New England on the, the back of the end zone. I still remember that one. Was it the AFC Championship game or something? Yeah, it could be. 678 yards. He played in 15 games that year. That was with Detroit. Look at that career year. Oh, no, 689. That was with St. Louis. He played in 16 games then. That's when he got his payday. That's crazy. He was in St. Louis next year, missed all like all season except for one game, then 11, 12, 16, 14, 12. He was just never the dude. Mm -mm. But he wasn't bad. But 13 years as an undrafted rookie free agent, that's pretty damn good, man. Like you can't can't say anything bad about that. He hung around. He did. I mean, I think it was just based off of speed he wasn't like he was quick like, he wasn't fast he was really quick though and it just seemed like mm-hmm. that was like his downfall too is because he would just run head first into defensive players and, and hurt himself every week yeah man and good route tree i mean Danny, i'm trying I'm to remember who what's that chris i think we both like this guy played for the chargers little white dude little white wide receiver a couple years ago drafted. dude it's danny woodhead no, Danny not Danny Woodhead. Oh, come on. You I want every excuse to say Danny Woodhead. Um Charles. crap, I can't remember his name, but I really liked him. Wide receiver. And I can yeah. Didn't do anything. I don't even know honestly if he's still on the team. Probably not. What year was this? Wow, I'm trying to It was find a couple it. of years ago now. I'll look for it during the show and I'll find it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not going to be able to find it when you Google it. Small white guy for the Chargers. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't come up. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, results found zero. Zero, yep. Yeah. <sighs> Holy thought it was Danny Woodhead. Yeah. I think he came out of SMU. But I'm in Dola, man. Go get back with K, man. What are you doing, bro? Anyway. While you're looking that up, we got another happy trails on the unfortunate side, and it is Chris Carson. He has to unfortunately retire from the NFL due to his neck injury. We all knew that this was likely coming. No team was going to, you know, pass him physically on a he, he's released, I should say, on a physical 
failed physical designation under the CBA, but they did him right, man. They gave him the injury protection benefits. Seattle does this man, right? Gives him a few million dollars. Parting his services, 2018, 2019 were his best seasons, 1151 yards, nine touchdowns and 1237 touchdowns respectively in those years. Hate to see guys go out this way because I mean, Chris Carson was legit. I mean, it just health creeped up and, and took out his career, man. I mean, happy trails to him. Hope he is, uh, you know, going to have a long, healthy life after football. Yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of knew this without knowing it, right? I think we've pretty much thought all off season. There's no way Chris Carson's coming back. It's Rashad Penny. It's going to be Kenneth Walker going forward. So it's not really a surprise. We've had some questions either on Twitter or YouTube. Hey, what does this do to these guys you know, value now, nothing like, I don't think anybody, I don't know of anybody that was re- relying on Chris Carson to play this year. So as much as I hate to see him go, uh, I loved watching Chris Carson play. Uh, but you know, they, I'm glad they did him right. Because if you look at some of the situations in Seattle, as of late, like even Bobby Wagner, it seems like there's some things that go on that doesn't seem like the players get the upper hand. So to see Chris Carson taken care of, uh, like that was, it was a good thing. Dylan Cantrell out of Texas Tech. Dylan Cantrell. Wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Maybe I can't remember if that was, if that was the guy I, there was one dude that were like, maybe it was a dude out of SMU that we liked. I can't remember his name now, but Dylan Cantrell out of Texas Tech was the guy I was like right here. Danny Amendola. Number two. He could be something. He could be something. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Now that I finally figured that out. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised that they treated Chris Carson good based on the fact that, he could have dropped the ball on the ground 900 times in a season and Pete Carroll still would have handed it to him. So Carroll was taking care of his boy regardless. Yeah. You could definitely say that he was a Pete Carroll guy. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was a fact. Cause it didn't matter what, what he did on game day. If he was healthy, he was getting 20 touches from Pete Carroll. hundred percent, man. Chris Carson, no more. I mean, happy trails. Sad news, though, we got to say, man, John Mechie, he's diagnosed with APL, acute, I don't even want to say that word because I'm going to butcher it, leukemia, and he's going to be out for football for the whole season in his rookie season for treatment purposes. I'm super sad about this one because I think we're just talking about how much I was uh, pumping up John Mechie on the last show, and and this just comes out of nowhere for the guy who just ruptured his ACL, what, in December or January, Mm -hmm. so I mean damn, this guy's like just such bad luck. And I, I really hope that he makes it through. I mean, it is a curable, apparently one of the most curable forms of leukemia, but hopefully all prayers up to John Mechie. I'm going to, I'm going to make Kyle proud right here. Cause I'm going to go glass half full on this diagnosis because obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to John Mechie and what he's dealing with. And we wish him a speedy recovery, but on the other side of things, hopefully that this gives him the time to get right with the ACL stuff as well. So that he's not rushed back and re-injuring something ahead of time and having to deal with more things like that. So I kind of look at it as a way for him to make sure that if he can get this under control and get this taken care of, that next season we see a hundred percent John Mechie, which I think a lot of people at that point are going to kind of forget about him, and he could surprise and shock a ton of people. Kyle's somewhat nodding. I I liked it. I like the pick for Houston. I definitely didn't see him doing anything this year. No. Um, but the question is, you know, what is that? What what does that franchise hold? What's the future hold for that franchise? They've made some decent draft picks. Is Davis Mill actually going to be the guy? Is is he going to be a guy that they give the reins to this year, but then they go after a different quarterback next year? So, you know, do they try to keep Brandon Cooks around for a while? I'm still holding out 
hope that Nico Collins becomes a thing. But mm. I, for me, I definitely thought that there was some like dynasty upside to trying and own him and sashing him. But you know, like we've we've seen, was James Connor similar? Did he have something similar? Is that what he came back from too? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've seen guys do it before, and I mean, he's a pro athlete, so hopefully, you know, his body's ready to kind of take on the challenge of of this sickness, but. Best of luck to him in that battle back, and that's going to be the most important thing right now. Fantasy football or yeah, football exactly. in general doesn't really matter when it when it comes to that, but definitely would love to see him get back, beat it, and uh, be a viable player for them in the future. James Conner has Hodgkin's lymphoma, so it was yeah. different. Okay. And I think that one's a lot worse, too. It so. was a lot worse. Yeah, I mean – Damn, I mean, it's it's such a tough thing because, you know, you don't really see it like it's got to be straight up genetic because you don't really see guys in the tip top shape because normally when you work out, you burn off all those. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but apparently you burn off all your cancer T cells through your sweat and it like redoes all your shit inside your body. But bad news, John Mechie, man, prayers up to you. Just want to touch base. But the big news that dropped today was Kyle Rudolph signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, <laughs> Julio Jones, he signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today to join up with Tommy Touchdown. And you know what, man? I'm upset, and I'm going to vent it out a little bit because this is like, you guys know me. I'm a huge Julio Jones fan. He's my number two favorite wide receiver of all time behind Andre Reid. And this is like your ex-girlfriend going to, you know, cheat after, you know, with your buddy. And even though you're gone, it's it's just, it hurts, man. Why are you going to Tommy Touchdown when you don't have to? I know you want to win that Super Bowl, Julio, but damn, man. I think that's what it's all about right there. What you just said at the end. It's Super Bowl. It's it's chasing a ring. And at this point, with the teams that are front runners, he went to the best situation that he could possibly get into with a team that needed some pass catching weapons with, you know, no more Gronkowski as of right now. AB is gone. You got Godwin coming off the torn ACL. He's going to get some targets to start the season. Are we going to see... 2015 julio jones in tampa bay no we're not like that is he's not the same guy anymore is it going to be exciting when they're all healthy and we see mike evans julio jones and chris godwin on the field at the same time yes that will get me excited uh football for football purposes for football purposes not fantasy purposes right this is all this is just as a football fan on the field yeah yeah on the field i love it fantasy football I don't love it. I mean, I don't think that I'm going to overly buy into Julio Jones regardless. Mike Evans is still the alpha there for me. Uh, Chris Godwin going to be the number two once he's 100% healthy. They're coming out saying he's cleared for camp. That's cool and all that he's not starting on the PUP. However, it doesn't mean he's cleared to go and play week one. So don't get too overly excited with that. Russell Gage, I think, takes a, a hit in some potential upside. But this is what I want to talk about because me and Chouse were talking about this before before you joined, Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, the show everybody including all of us still think that i think russell gage takes the hit here the most right maybe not monumental but he takes a hit mm-hmm. they just guaranteed and paid him 15 million dollars a couple like what a month and a half ago they gave him 15 million and signed him for three years 30 million now do you just give the guy 15 million to rot on the bench i don't think so no. the more we talk about it, the more i kind of see a little bit more of a split between chris godwin and julio jones maybe at some point as godwin is progressing back through Mm-hmm. And we don't see just a full workload of Julio or a full workload of Godwin. And I still think Gage Gage kind of eats a little bit, maybe not as much as we were hoping, but he still does. He still starts off the season pretty hot. Yeah, I, that's a, actually that's ex- almost exactly what I said in my breaking news episode earlier was that especially to begin the year, you know, if Godwin is ready to start week one, 
you know, we're not going out and playing 80, 90 snaps right away, probably, or 80, 90% of his snaps right away. We're probably seeing 45, 50% of snaps rotating gauge in and out, rotating Julio in and out, doing Evans and Julio on the outside with gauge in the slot, you know, going, if you're doing any two wide receiver sets, seeing maybe gauge go to the outside, then at that point, and with no more Gronkowski, I know they signed Kyle Rudolph and I try I'm, I like Kyle Rudolph. I think he's been a good player his entire career, but he's not Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Braid is not Rob Gronkowski and the media I'm doing quotes right now. For those of you that can't see me, the media saying that Kyle Rudolph is going to fill the Rob Gronkowski role is or Rudolph is going to fill the Gronkowski role is, is crazy. I don't see that happening. So I mentioned in my video, we might see just the tight ends gone at some times and they run more four wide receiver sets. And now you've got to try and keep track of all those guys all over the field and they're mismatching on linebackers and nickel corners and all of that. So I want to be surprised to see some more four wide receiver sets too. When Godwin starts to get healthier and healthier. And that's kind of where I was at, because I think you're bringing you're not bringing Julio in for what he used to be. You're bringing he bringing him in for what he is today. And I mean, okay, health aside, and we know he doesn't score touchdowns. So maybe Tommy is the one that rectifies this. And Julio has like, I don't know, 35 receptions and 12 touchdowns this year. I mean, we've seen stranger things, but I agree. I think that, you know, you could see a, a shift in the offensive scheme and how and this this would promote more uh, abundance, I think, for a Leonard Fournette, especially in the pass game, because now you're not going to have the 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 opportunity. Defenses won't have the opportunity to stack the box, you know, cover everybody, and Lenny, Lenny's going to be running free in the flats. And I think that his upside will actually be increased uh, wholeheartedly in this. But I mean, the Godwin thing. I want to go back to this real quick because I just I'm I'm so confused how everyone's buying into the fact. That any person, I mean, how old is Godwin now? He's like 26, 27. Um, you guys know that age? Gotta be. He's like 26, I, I, I want to say. But around that age, even like we're talking like a, a Jameson Williams who's like 26. 21. Yeah, see, 26. So uh, even a Jameson Williams who's like 21 years old and everyone's saying, oh, he can come back nine months, no problem, and he's going to be full go. I mean, come on, man. You don't see guys going full NFL speed after an ACL tear in nine months. You're talking six bloody months for Chris Godwin. There is no way in hell. I would rather buy a lotto ticket twice for the same numbers than, than think that Godwin's actually going to be relevant within the first four weeks of this season. Hence why they did sign a Julio Jones to cover their bases and then say, okay, if Godwin, if I'm doing quotes now, if Godwin has a setback, which I think he actually is going to, I just don't see it, man. I think this is, this is definitely hedging their bets, getting that insurance policy. And then I probably see more likely a Chris Godwin around week eight, start to take shape. Yeah. And one thing too, and I saw this comment earlier and if whoever left that comment is listening now, I apologize. I thought it was an absolutely ridiculous comment because he was like, well, what do you mean you're fading Julio? Julio could be the next coming of Randy Moss. Everyone thought he was done after he played in Oakland. These are two completely different scenarios here because Randy Moss only missed games twice in his NFL career or in two seasons in his NFL career. And he missed three games both of those years. Every other year he played, he played in 16 games. Randy Moss was never a nagging injury guy. It was never one of those things where he was missing time or on the injury report every single week. Julio Jones, you have seen his body break down 
over the last few years. And honestly, if Calvin Johnson had stuck around longer, you probably would have seen the same thing from him. But he walked away from the game when he was still very dominant. Julio has continued to play at this point, but he's a bigger wide receiver that has been very, he battles with those cornerbacks. I mean, he's a guy out there that has played the game hard his entire career. And that, that will get you, you know, you take those hits, you run guys over. It's going to happen as a bigger wide receiver like Julio Jones and he's, his body's just breaking down. So to think he's still going to be the same guy for anybody listening right now that thinks Julio Jones is going to be the same guy. You've got to stop. You can't hold on to that anymore because you're going to wind up disappointed because you're going to overdraft him and you're going to stick him on your team. And not only are you going to overdraft him, but you're going to think he's going to be a contributor right away. He's going to contribute. He's not going to be a guy that you can throw out there on a weekly basis and say, boom, I trust Julio Jones. He's going to be a guy that you use in a pinch for injuries. Maybe if Gage ends up getting some nagging injuries and now you've got Julio healthy and Evans healthy, but Godwin isn't fully back. Maybe that at that point you can use Julio, but I just, I really got to caution people because there was a lot of comments on my breaking news video saying, Oh, he can come back. He's still Julio. You know, he's not washed up. It's a completely different scenario between him and another guy like that was mentioned in Randy Moss. And I'll jump in before you go, Jake, is I just wanted to clarify the different situation between Moss and a Julio is three years age difference. Moss going to New England, he was 30. Julio Jones right now is 33. So that's a big difference. Big one there too. I think the biggest issue that we could see here is we know Julio is going to get some run in the preseason, right? I mean, we know he's going to get out there. They're going to try to get him into shape. They're going to get him acclimated to the playbook. If this dude has anything near success in the preseason, his name value alone is going to drive up so much hype. And people are going to ignore the fact that he did it against a third string defensive back. And the next thing you know, you're going to be totally overdrafted on him and you're going to buy into the hype just because of the name. There are so many talented younger wide receivers in the NFL. If this position was like really thin and when, you know, everybody's a gamble after the top 15, then okay. Yeah. We take a stab on Julio, but there's legit like 40 to 50 wide receivers every week that you can make an argument that are weekly starters in the NFL and fantasy football. We don't need You know, we're not striving to try to find another wide receiver. It's just too much risk. But I have a feeling if we have one preseason game and maybe Kyle Trask is the quarterback and Julio puts up 100 yards and a touchdown, they're going to be like, oh, imagine what this guy could do with Tom Brady. I got to draft him. And the next thing you know, Julio's going in some stupidity round of like round six or something. It makes no sense. Dude, I don't even think it's like one 100-yard game. This dude scores one touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, Julio's back, baby. A 40-yard touchdown. One catch for 40 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. That's all he needed round. was Tampa, Tampa Bay. He get, finds his way into the end zone. Good Lord. So here, let me ask you a question then, because obviously right now his ADP is non-existent. People haven't been drafting him. I would assume that we start start to see him creep up into the top 50 wide receivers, if not yeah. higher. Yes. So do you draft Kenny Galladay over Julio Jones? Okay. I'm going to draw the line somewhere. No, (laughs) here we go. No, I will take, I will take the stab on Julio over Kenny G. Do you draft Devante Parker over Julio Jones? No. Whoa. That's a tough one. We are dangerously close to the line right there. Very close. I think I'm still going Julio there. I'll I'll go Julio. DJ Chark. Julio. Or Julio Jones. Julio. Probably. Jarvis Landry. Nope. Or Julio Jones. Jarvis. Uh, Only because I think Jarvis could literally go back to Miami days. Yes. This year. And and just be a PPR guy. If if Jameis is completely healthy, I'll probably go Landry. 
Yeah. Let's stay in New Orleans. Chris Olave. I'll go Olave. I'll, I'll go Olave. I'm going Olave. CO2, yep. baby. Yep. All right. So here's a good one then. Russell Gage or Julio Jones. I'm still I'm probably still going Russell Gage. I think so too. I, I I really do. I even if Julio is like a decoy, let's just say he comes in to be more of a decoy, uh, you know, maybe taking over something like Antonio Brown. Maybe they actually morph Gage and Julio when Godwin comes back into the Antonio Brown role together. And and maybe that's what that happens. I don't know. This is a tough situation. Now, Gage, I feel bad for him because it, this this was his opportunity. He was with Julio in Atlanta. He finally gets his chance in Tampa yeah. Bay and Julio signs her. He's like, oh, you son no. of a, you followed me here. <laughs> you bastards uh, go back. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, at least that gives people that are listening a little bit of uh, an idea of kind of that area in which we're now starting to say, okay, we're comfortable or not comfortable taking him there. Okay. So then the argument shifts for me even more. So with Julio Jones on this roster, I believe this actually helps a Mike Evans even more. And it just, because you're talking now, like I said, decoy and coverage ability. So let's screw the target share, screw the path to targets, but let's just talk about efficiency rates because Mike Evans is the efficient, the prototypical efficient wide receiver, thousand plus yards, eight to 10 to 12 touchdowns per year. That's, that's what you're getting from Mike Evans every single year since he's been in this league. Now you bring and people a guy like still don't love and him. they doubt him. The they, I, I don't get it, man. And I just did my wide receiver ranks before this uh, thing happened. And believe it or not, I actually had Mike Evans uh, teaser alert at number five. I, I can't, I had to, I, I, I think I, I had him at six. I have him at five and I'm not even going to apologize for it because without a Julio Jones, there's your path to targets, force fed touchdowns, yards, receptions, all going to happen in glory. Now, Julio. Yes. Fine. Potentially you see some of the target share. So what are we going to say? He's going to see in targets. 45, 50 targets, 60 targets, Julio, approximately yep. 30, 30 receptions, 40 and those receptions. targets are already available in that offense. Anyway, they're not having to take them from Evans. They're already available from AB leaving and Gronk leaving. So there you go. So perfect, perfect uh, situation. Even if, uh, you know, a gauge and a Julio combined for 120, 150 targets, let's just say or roughly. And, and then Mike Evans gets the best of the both worlds. Now he has no coverage. He gets, uh, or he gets lesser double teams and he's going to have his efficiency rates continue to go up. I think this helps Mike Evans that much more. And I'm, I'm greatly drafting Mike Evans a lot, even over my guy, Stefan Diggs right now. What's crazy is Mike Evans continues to produce despite his target share, basically going down almost for three straight years. So he's he's just becoming more efficient. He only had 114 targets last year. Mm. That is nuts to have 114 targets. Sure, he just barely cracked the thousand yard mark, but he had 14 touchdowns the year before that. 13 touchdowns. That number is not going to change. He's going to hover right around double digits and touchdowns every single year. But who's to say that he can't creep up a little bit in targets? And with that efficiency, 1100 yards, double digit touchdowns that you can pretty much bank on that. That is what I'm looking for early in drafts. And you did a spoiler alert. I'll do a spoiler alert because of my video that's dropping here. This I think it's tomorrow. A lot of people come and say, oh, you don't win fantasy leagues if you always play it safe. <laughs> I am so sick of those stupid people because you can look at all of our success and all of us like guys who are quote unquote safe at times in the beginning and Kyle knows exactly who I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so stupid out there that people think like that because 
in the beginning of a fantasy football draft, sure, you want to take some risk with some upside. 100%, not taking that away. You don't want to do it with every single pick. It's why we like guys like Mike Evans. That's why we like guys like Nick Chubb is because we don't want to take too much risk too early because we want to bank on our top guys doing what we expect them to do and then taking some of the guys maybe in rounds four, five, six, seven that are a little bit more risky that if one of them pop like a Debo Samuel last year, all of a sudden he becomes a league winner for you. So mm-hmm. to go out there and say, oh, playing it safe doesn't win fantasy championships is 100% a false statement. Also, can I say something else real quick about It's Mike a podcast, Evans. Kyle. You're supposed to say things. And just, and just how people don't appreciate his greatness. His first three seasons in the league mm-hmm. were monumentally better than Calvin Johnson. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Monumentally. Like, almost double the amount of touchdowns. All three years over a thousand receiving yards. Calvin Johnson only went over a thousand receiving yards one year. The second year time I brought up CJ in this podcast. Like, I don't understand it. Like someone just a little bit ago said, I'm not drafting Mike Evans now. No way I'm touching him. He's at the end of the second round. Beginning of the third. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're not going to draft Mike Evans. If Mike Evans falls to you into third, second round, you're, dropping your balls all over the the enter key and you're hitting that draft button it's just you're not passing on him no, what if your not. phone doesn't have an enter key are you smacking the screen yes, yes. Okay. double time double, so double, double use... stamp in the screen got it okay yeah. just want to make sure need, yeah you might need to use the stamp at that point not your yeah. balls because i mean just bit. the fact though that you can mm. start a draft and i don't love starting in the number one spot like honestly i really don't i like it in the first round because i don't have to think about who i'm going to take but mm-hmm. after that I hate the long waits in between things, but to think that you can start a draft this year with Jonathan Taylor in the first round and then back it up in the second round, end of the second, beginning of the third with a guy like, I mean, heck, Leonard Fournette is sitting right there right now. Now, do we want to go too much Tampa Bay? Maybe not. Here's one for Chouse. This is what we could do, Chouse. Just Saquon it up. Saquon it up. You could could go (laughs) Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans to start your draft. You get two crazy safe picks. And one risky guy that if he pops, he wins your league. And Saquon himself, like I've been saying, a healthy Saquon. I don't even give a shit if the offensive line doesn't block. He's still a top 10 back in this league. So this, this whole What is thing Mike was- Evans? Sorry, Kyle. What is Mike <laughs> Evans' career season? What, eight, eight, eight years in the league? 1,000 yard receiving yards or er, receiving four. seasons? Yep. Is the eight, only eight. wide receiver in NFL Ever. history to have. 1,000 receiving yards for eight straight years to start a career. And yeah. how underrated is this man still among the circles of not being a superstar in the NFL? Someone the other day tried to tell me that he's an injury risk. What? Never heard of that. <laughs> the most games the man's ever missed in his career in a season is three. What do yeah. you mean he's an injury risk? I love Mike Evans. Yep. I, I love him he's even more now. He's been good. Always been good. And the worst part is, is people wanted to hate on it to begin with because he was tied to Jameis Winston, Winston. for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's, he got, did all that with he's J- got the best quarterback of all time, and his numbers are actually better now because he's and got he back-to-back it, years he of double-digit touchdowns. And he did it with Jameis. Yes. Like, I, good God almighty. People, give your head a shake. The marbles are loose because Mark, Mike Evans is a baller. Bonafide. I don't 100%. even remember how we got on Mike Evans. I don't oh, know. I, I, I brought I brought it up because <laughs> all I got of our all blood excited. pressure just raised in, in defense of him, though. Yeah, I got all excited because I Julio's... was so angry at people who aren't <laughs> even here right now. Julio's gonna raise the game for Mike Evans this year, and I love it all day long. I'm here for it, man. 
But it's interesting because we talked about Julio Jones potentially going to reunite with Matt Ryan with the Colts. That did not happen. The, the, the brain trust in Indy had said that they were not in on Julio Jones, but they are apparently in on T.Y. Hilton. He is back in the mix, potentially, Why? I know, and potentially to re-sign with the Colts. And I'm like, if you I, ran an NFL franchise, would you rather take a shot on T.Y. Hilton or Will Fuller right now? Probably Will Fuller. I mean, T.Y. looked completely washed, man. I just, I, I loved what he was able to do anymore. I, I just don't think he's got anything left. He was flirting with the idea of retirement. I think he's got a back problem, T.Y. does. So go for Mr. P.E.D. I'm currently searching other options if those are the two that I have to choose from because... No, those are the two. That's it. That's it. There is no others. Dude, I'd rather just have that roster spot be empty because... You sign T.Y. Hilton, and like we say, he's washed. I agree. He's not what he used to be. He's not healthy. He's going to continually be banged up. But then you got Will Fuller, who you're only going to have for four games anyway and have to pay him more money probably than you'd have to pay T.Y. Hilton anyway. So it's just like it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's going to have to pay Fuller that much. Well, I don't think you're going to have to pay T.Y. Hilton very much either. It's true. Well, no, but, you know, let's say you get – I mean, would you be surprised if Will Fuller got more than the league minimum at this point? I think he'll get probably five mil. Five mil? Okay. For so, I mean, year. he'll get a decent amount, but if he ends up missing the entire year due to injury, you know. I'd rather recoup- have Odell Beckham. Recoup some of that. But the injury, when's he returning? Doesn't matter. I'd rather have him because at least maybe, hopefully, <laughs> I'll have him for the end of the season. <laughs> or at least get- you can wine and dine him so you can there get you him go. to come back the next year. There you go. Get How your about- crutches and run a nine route, man. Go for it. How about Beasley? I'd rather have Beasley. Yeah, I'd have Cole. But you, this is it's a good point because I think the reason why they're flirting with the TY is because they're not convinced that they have enough field stretching ability. And and that's the issue. So you have a, a field burner that could potentially take more pressure off of JT is kind of why they're flirting with the idea, meaning TY would also be something of a decoy just running nines all day long. Go get Deshaun I think Jackson. Fuller would be a better decoy, though. Who? I think Fuller would be a better decoy. I agree. I agree. Than what Hilton would be. Because I don't think Hilton really has the speed anymore. I agree. Like you said, he just didn't look the same last year. He looks broken down. Mm -hmm. You say Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. I take D Jackson. Talking about a field stretcher that just runs nine routes. I mean, just tell me. Didn't he retire? I don't think he officially retired, did he? Okay. I don't know. He was on. He's going to go play with Johnny Manziel. I think that's uh, what happens when you nobody wants you is you just retire, right? You just retire. Well, he was (laughs) on Johnny M. Huh? In that fan-controlled league, that's To. To is okay. Yeah, To is playing with To out there, fifty years old and balling. Yeah, balling out in the arena football. You gotta love it. <laughs> oh, Indy, Indy. They, you know this is what they're gonna do. But I mean, bad news. I. You know, but this one's interesting news because I think this was strategic more than we think it was. The Chiefs have placed undrafted rookie free agent Justin Ross on injured reserve, ending his season before it began. Mm-hmm. Rookie season down the drain. You guys know I was pumping this guy up on Headliner U a lot because, I mean, I'm a huge fan. Outside of the fact of his spinal fusion injury, I mean, he would have been likely a first-round commodity in this past draft. But he recently went under that foot surgery, the same foot he broke last year at Clemson. So, uh, you know, okay, fine. Maybe they saw that he he was nursing it as he was running routes or whatever. I'm not intimate with the team. I don't know. But this, this, this has a lot to say to me because of the receiving room that they do have on this roster right now, it is pretty much, it's got a lot of talent. Let's just say, I'm not going to say it's loaded. It has a lot of talent. And if 
Justin Ross couldn't separate from the pack and find a way to be on the active roster every time. Practice squad was the fear that somebody would steal his services. Hence why they say, hey, the foot's not fully repaired. Go and get it fixed by our doctors. Take the year off. We protect you, and then we'll go forward next year. I don't hate that, and I'm sure that he's probably okay with that because who wouldn't want to play with Patrick Mahomes, right, knowing that the number one weapon is gone and Juju's only on a one-year deal. One year deal for Juju, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a future for them here. I don't know. I know you were pumping him up. I really like him too. I wasn't really expecting a whole lot this year anyway. I was expecting, you know, because he's missed so much time and he's been so injured that it was probably going to take him some time to kind of get back into like real prime football shape. So, I wasn't expecting a whole lot this year anyway. So, I mean, for those people out there that might have him for redraft, yeah, I, you know, that took a shot at him late. You're going to be done with him. For those people that have him for dynasty, no, just stash him away. Just keep him because, like you said, the talent is there. I mean, this was a dude that was thought of as like the wide receiver one at one point when Clemson, you know, went through the college football playoffs a couple of years ago. I mean, this was a dude that absolutely shined as a rookie or as a rookie, as a as a freshman. Um, and unfortunately, he's had some some injury issues. So I'm willing to I'm willing to keep him and see what happens. Yeah, I wasn't expecting anything from him this year. Yeah. And I think it. I think if anything, you look at the whole situation. Okay, the Chiefs brought him in undrafted. They wanted to see what he had. They didn't have any intentions of him really playing probably anyway. And they look at him as like, all right, let's take a look at this guy for a few months. Let's see what we have. Let's see if it's something we're willing to hold on to and invest in. Or if it's somebody we're just going to say, hey, man, it's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. You're out of here. You know what I mean? And I think that by them doing this, placing him on IR, they kind of see what he has. They see the potential there and they're willing to just hold off and wait and let's see what happens next year. Cause potentially if he can get to a point of hundred percent health, I, I mean, this guy talent wise is off the charts. Alpha alpha wide receiver. The chiefs just got themselves as an undrafted rookie free agent, which is crazy. He showed obviously enough in OTAs. I mean, we saw the highlight package. He was running across the patterns, across the field, made those catches on the sidelines. So, I mean, there you go. So, Justin Ross, no uh, no go this year, but, I mean, hey, it is what it is. This one's interesting, but, I mean, it's it's kind of – I was waiting just for the confirmation of it to come out because I knew deep down it was going to happen, just didn't know when. And apparently the rumor has it that, uh, you know, the expectations are that wide receiver Justin Palmer is going to distance himself as a clear-cut wide receiver three in the Chargers offense this year. And I, I, this is, I, I just wanted somebody to tell me this, that they see it too, because I've been just waiting. I'm sitting here patiently waiting. When is it Palmer's turn? He's too damn good. Stop locking him up in the stable, you know, shackling him up. And I think this is, you know, this is a great season for him to actually do this because then this will give them the opportunity to kind of, you know, um, groom him in a manner to take the Keenan Allen role someday, not, not in the recent future, but someday. And I think Josh Palmer is that good that he could be one of these heavily relied on PPR wide receivers in the NFL. Did you wear a Buffalo shirt just because you were with Charles tonight? It's not a Buffalo shirt. Looks like one. Oh, it's an elephant. It's, oh, it's, it's not an elephant. An elephant. <laughs> I mean, it's a Buffalo, but it's oh. a Debo shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look like an elephant. <laughs> I just thought you moved just right that you were out from behind the mic long enough. I was like, what is that? No. no. Anyway, I, I've converted them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Josh Palmer, I think talent wise is a year or two away, but I think what the way that we look at this offense with him being with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and now Mike Williams, again, it's going to give him an opportunity 
to maybe not get a huge target share, but get good targets because he's not going to be the focal point of the defense any week that he's out there. He's just not going to be. So he may not light up the box scores, but he's going to get game time, you know, experience. And that's what this kid needs because talent wise, he's definitely got it. He's in a perfect situation on a team that's going to throw the ball a lot in a division that's going to have to score a lot of points every single year. I think it's just one of those things where from a fantasy football perspective, I'm not going to count on him for anything this year, but it could definitely be something that kind of turns into like a Chris Godwin situation. Remember from a few years ago when he was in Tampa Bay and he came in, but we didn't really do a whole lot. And we're like, listen, this guy has it. And at some point he's going to get that opportunity to me, that kind of feels like Josh Palmer. Like it kind of feels like he's going to kind of fill that mold, maybe not to the level of Chris Godwin, but in an offense like this, he could get that opportunity, especially if anything happens to Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Palmer and Guyton were the reason why I kept telling people that if you're mock drafting a wide receiver to the Chargers in the first round this year, I don't think you know a whole lot about football. 100%. Because both I I saw it over and over and over and over. I'll get get Justin Herbert as many weapons as you possibly. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why? You've got weapons. You've got Guyton. He's a field stretcher. He can do a lot of good things with his speed. You've got Palmer that definitely is a guy that here in the near future is, is somebody that can win with his route tree and the intermediate part of the field. I, I like them both. And I would have rather seen those two guys take over the wide receiver three role and be out there than spend a first round pick when, you know, they used it on Zion Johnson and got themselves, you know, a guy to reinforce that offensive line. And instead of getting Herbert more weapons, protecting him. So he had more time to get to the weapons that he already had. So yeah, I didn't, I did not love that wide receiver pick for, for the chargers. this year. I, I think it's more because a lot of people don't know about Josh Palmer. He doesn't come from a crazy college pedigree where he lit up the college stats. I mean, cause he just, he wasn't at Tennessee. Right. I mean, he, he never had more than 484 yards in a season in Tennessee. So it, it, I think people kind of just associate box scores with talent. And that's just not the case. You know, you got to yeah, separate the two of them because this guy may not have had a role or the production in college, but given the opportunity, the right opportunity in the, in the NFL, he has the skill set to produce. So I think it's just more so if people are like, oh, we got this guy out of Tennessee. He never did anything there either. So he's not that good. We need somebody else this year. When if you actually look at the talent and the film and what you've seen from Josh Palmer since he's gotten to L.A., the kid has it. He just needs to, you know, pay his dues, and ride the pine when he needs to, learn as much as he can from Keenan Allen, who's a great mentor to, to kind of mold a game after. And then whenever Keenan moves on or gets hurt, Josh Palmer's time to shine. And that's where I'm going with my evaluation tactics nowadays, because I tell people all the time, OK, looking at the stat line fine all in good you get to see what the person was able to accomplish in his college career but if it was subpar statistics in the college career go and find out why and that's my job that's what i go and i love to do i love seeing why did you not succeed when you have all this talent and and there's outliers to it tennessee wasn't very good the quarterback position was faulty you know he didn't have as much opportunity etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And, and that's why he fell in the draft. But even when you go to the combine, you see that he's got the abilities and you got to put all that together with the film study on the plays that he does. Well, how many times did he drop a pass from a subpar quarterback? We could go and talk about Jahan Dotson the same way. How many times at Penn did he have just shitty quarterback play and Jahan Dotson was able to light up stat sheets. So then that's what you're saying. That's a different talent because he's able to do that. Josh Palmer to me is this very reliable type of wide receiver who could potentially become a wide receiver too in this league. Very trusted. Trusted, you know, uh, arguably could be a, a PPR pig, but I'm saying this season uh, over under six games flex play. When you look at the quarterback play that he had yeah. in Tennessee, I just looked at his senior year. They had a total of three quarterbacks that got an opportunity to play under center that year combined go. for all three quarterbacks. They barely broke 2000 passing yards. There you go. I mean, what is the guy supposed to do? The guy got 25% of the overall quarterback production. You know what I mean? So, like you said, you got to look at the entire picture. You can't just write somebody off based off of box scores. We say that all the time. Looking at box scores just forms half-ass opinions. Also see DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. People yeah. were legit trying to fade these two guys out of totally. Ole Miss a couple of years ago because they didn't have the college production of other guys. And it was like, yeah, but Shea Patterson was their quarterback. Thank Dude you. was freaking garbage. Right. Like, of course they didn't have the production as part of the reason why Donovan people's Jones went from being a first round talent to being a guy that was like, Oh crap, you got to prove yourself in the combine. Same thing. Shea Patterson ruined him as well. So it's one of those things where you've, you've, you've got to watch the tape. Like you've got to understand what you're looking at. And it's, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. So tough. It's so tough sometimes because it's like, listen, guys, like, listen, guys and gals, like we're trying to drop some knowledge on you here real quick. And we're trying to help you understand that you got those blinders on and you're not seeing the whole picture. So, and a lot of people though, it's like, well, I want their first step is to push back and argue about it instead of like, okay, let me think about this for a second. What is the information presented to me? Okay. Does this make an athlete or does this make a football player more than what? just a box score does like you got to be able to do that people can't do it yeah well i mean i i blame social media a lot personally i think now is the greatest opportunity for people to go on there self-anoint themselves as whatever they want to anoint themselves as and in just a picture on ig or a short tweet can make a statement based off of meaningless facts and people are swayed by those things and that's one of the biggest issues is we got people out there making statements, mm. not just, hey, stating opinions and backing them up by facts. They're making statements to people that are then being read and people are believing that kind of stuff. And that's the biggest issue that I see is there are so many people out there just giving bad advice just to try to get, they're trying to do hot takes all over the place to get noticed or get recognized or be quote, like be quote tweeted by somebody on Twitter right now. I don't know. I don't even go on Twitter unless I'm making fun of something. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Well, I you know what, Jake, you got me drug into an argument yesterday. So you stop. <laughs> Did I? I didn't <laughs> yes, drag the job you in argument. At all. I didn't drag you in at all. You know that if that, you know, if that pops up in my notifications, I'm coming. It's like the bat signal for but me. I, like, I didn't tag Jake's fighting about Chubb. Boom. Let's go. Let's get it. How quickly can <laughs> we get there? there? Yeah, I can't. I just can't handle I have no problem listening to other people's opinions on any player. And you will never catch any one of us, the three of us, anybody else here ever come out and tell you that we're right and everybody else is wrong or there's a hundred percent guarantee of this because nobody really knows, but we can give opinions and basically, you know, back them up with facts and stats that actually mean something and paint an entire picture so that you can kind of see how things are supposed to be looked at. 
not just blindly telling you what to do and have no backup for it. Yep. All right. I'm trying to find, cause this is what got me going yesterday was somebody on Twitter had said that Saquon was their RB six. And one of our followers had said, I've got Chubb over him. And he said, Chubb makes zero sense. So then he tagged you and you've responded but his response was, I've drafted Chubb in the third, but yeah, you're losing for having him over Barkley. And then it's just like, it was one of those things where- It's a statement. It was, you're losing? No, you're not. How do you know that? Yeah. How do you know I'm You haven't losing? lost that's the last what even started this upside versus safety thing. And we've done this for two straight years now, arguing this with, with people on Twitter, because it's like- You've only got a hundred and some odd characters, or is it 210 now or something? Who knows? Anyway- you don't have enough to put together an informative argument on Twitter. So really it ends up leading to basically you just making statements. So saying zero Chubb makes zero sense. Doesn't make any sense because you know what? You could draft them both. And I told him that too. I was like, Mm -hmm. why do you have to have Saquon over Chubb? Why can't you have both of them? Because you can get both of them right now with their current ADPs. And he was just like, Oh yeah. I mean, you can do that. But if you want to draft Chubb over mixing, you're going to lose. If you draft Nick Chubb, you are not losing because of Nick Chubb. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, he disappeared in the championship game. That can happen for anybody. Stop. You were probably lucky that you're even there, and Chubb had something to probably help you get there. Mm -hmm. So don't this whole, oh, yeah, you're losing if you're picking safety. No, because you just need to be strategic in finding the upside in other parts, like Jamar Chase, like Justin Jefferson. Guess what? You go with some of these safe running backs early, and then you find these wide receivers late that have those breakout, those huge years. You won. See, Lock the, it up. the correct term when you're arguing with somebody because you prefer a player is, I prefer this player. Yeah. That is the correct forming of your sentence, not yeah. you're going to lose or that player sucks or you're wrong for this player. That's the wrong way to handle it. If you, But here's the thing, though. If you're going to tell me that you prefer a player, great. I, I'll listen to your arguments. You better come with arguments because I got a whole list of arguments for players that I love and I'll, and I'll break it down for you and don't come back to me. Oh, well, I don't like them. Well, that's the best different. part was when... I had mentioned same, you know, I was like same garbage, different year. These are probably the same people that told us not to draft Derrick Henry last year. Now, Henry ended up getting her or not last year, but the last couple of years. Um, He was like, well, who was Henry sharing a backfield with? Doesn't matter. Like, who are you talking to? Like, what does that, what does that matter? (laughs) That wasn't part of the argument. The situation there doesn't dictate the argument. People smarten up. The marbles are loose again. Shit. Kyler Murray, man. Kyler Murray gets his bag, and I mean, it's a big bag. bag. Five five years of $230.5 million, and he gets 160 of that million guaranteed, 46.1 million per season. God bless uh, Deshaun Watson's agent because, I mean, that guy, I mean, he must be like a magician for getting Watson's deal fully guaranteed where this is only 160, but I digress. Number one question I have, is Kyler worth this amount of dough because I'm questioning it myself. Number two, the odd clause in his damn contract. Yes, it's semantics, but I've never seen anything like this in my life where he has to perform four hours of film study mandatory per week and they clock it on the pad or the tablet that they use in the facility that he's, it'll show how long he's been on. And if he breaks that four hours per week, they can void guaranteed funds. I have never seen this before in my life. Gentlemen, take it away. Where do you want to begin? Okay, well, my blood pressure was high 
And now it's going to get even higher Yeah, because I'm a Cardinals fan. So your first question, your first question is, is he worth this amount of money? No. However, market dictates that he is. So is he really? No, but I mean, it's, it's like Lamar Jackson, right? He's probably going to have something. Maybe he gets a hundred thousand more than Murray. seems like every new contract and every player, they have to one up the last one. It's just the way the market goes in the NFL, whether it's right or wrong. That's just how it's handled for the whole film study thing. This reminds me of Leonard Fournette is too fat. Don't draft him. I mean, it's, it's stupid. I really, I don't care if the guy watches 40 minutes of film. I don't care if he watches 14 hours of film. I want you to go win on on Sunday. That's all I really care. Everybody's going to be different. Tom Brady or all these guys, they may sit there and study film for hours upon hours upon hours. If, if Kyler doesn't need to do that, I really don't care. Not only from a fan perspective, but honestly, if I was a coach, I wouldn't but why care. Put it, but why put it in the deal? I don't understand that's this. That's my a, question. That's the point I'm saying is that it, depending on – I'm not even sitting here arguing the fact that Kyler, if he doesn't like to watch film, pay me a million dollars, Kyler, I'll watch your film for you. But I just I don't understand. notes every week. Right, I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit in his damn garage watching film if he gives me a million bucks. But I just I don't understand why they put the stipulation in the contract. So is this is this has to be an internal problem where they feel like he's not cutting his weight in the film room because that's based on the projection or the uh, progression, I should say, that he's not putting on the field. I I don't know. This baffles me because I've never seen a team actively implement that in someone's contract. That's why I question when people are like, oh, it's like a give and take and you do it. I'm like, wait a second. I was like, am I reading this right? Like you have to do like they're they're saying you have to film study this much. Like if you're a top tier quarterback doing film study shouldn't be an issue. So that's where I was at. Like, have they had problems with Kyler Murray in the past? Was it an issue with maybe Josh Rosen? And that's one of the reasons that they moved on from Josh Rosen, because maybe he wasn't fully committed to the off field stuff. Has Cliff Kingsbury had problems with it with his quarterback in the past? Like, that's my question. It's like, why, or is it maybe there's a cultural thing right now where some of the guys don't and they're like, well, we want to make sure our quarterback. That's my question. It's like, is it a Murray issue? Is it a, is it a past issue? Like, where See, is that's this a, coming that's a, from? That's a great one because it's, if it is a Kingsbury issue, I think then this is a Kingsbury thing where he wanted this in the contract to save his own ass because everyone knows Kingsbury's on the hot seat. So now he's got a yeah. scapegoat to say, hey, it's not just me. Kyler doesn't do his part in this offense. I don't know. This was just whatever. Like I said, it's semantics, but it's very odd to me that someone would actually put this in a deal and Kyler would be accepting of this. To me, it just seems like more of a, an easy way out just in case two things down two years down the road, things aren't going good. Kyler's hurt a lot. They can come out and pull this clause out of nowhere and say, Oh, we checked your iPad. You didn't do it. We're voiding this. You're done here. I mean, I don't, I think it's just fair enough. I, I don't, I don't read anything into it because who's going to literally be sitting there and checking it. I don't see anybody doing that. Hey, you didn't, you didn't watch your film this week. We're going to tell somebody and then we're going to have to go start backup quarterback, whoever the F you are. You know what I mean? Like just so we can lose a game. It doesn't make any sense. Like, well, if Cardinals you don't know. study film, it shows, right? Like totally. You, you can't so. be, I mean, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Like have you, have you ever looked at Kyler Murray play no. football on Sunday and been like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. No, never. No. <laughs> and that's why it's like, so for Kyler, maybe he's just signing it like, oh yeah, this is an easy dub. I don't care. Like I'm already in there anyway. What does it matter? Like nothing from Kyler has ever shown me before was like, this dude doesn't look like he watches film. Now, Jamar- Jamarcus Russell, you could tell that dude wasn't watching film. I mean, offensive, Peterson. <laughs> he's offensive rookie of the year 
in two yeah. straight Pro Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's the guy's doing okay. He's got 70 touchdowns to 34 interceptions. And are his numbers absolutely crazy? No, he hasn't thrown for 4,000 yards in the season, but that's not his type of game. He's also rushing for four, five, six, seven hundred yards a year as well. So and I'll even devil at ad- devil's advocate my own point on that because uh we've seen how much good progression from a Kyler Murray in the past game. I mean, head and shoulders better than something we've seen from Jalen hurts or Tua so far. So, I mean, I, I, it's just odd. I, it's just odd. I had to bring it up because I'm just confused. Just like the toaster. Confused, <laughs> it confuses me. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it either, but they, they know they're in a worse off spot without Kyler Murray. If yeah. they weren't, they wouldn't have signed him to the deal. Yeah. So you're not going to sign the guy to the deal, pay him the amount of money you did and not be committed to him. And worry about something like that. So That's what is La- so what does Lamar get? This is my question because there's Lamar's representing sh- himself. So well, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on about Lamar uh, this season being like he's got to do it, but he's got to be up in the Deshaun yep. fully guaranteed if he blows up this year. Well, he's got an MVP under his belt. Yeah, well, that's Kyler it Murray too. Does that's not. Right. That's yes. right. Interesting so, stuff. Interesting. I mean, stuff. for me, uh, it's gonna. It, it's one of those things where. You know, a quarterback in the NFL right now, you're realistically either getting paid or you're getting the hell out of there. I mean, you're not if you're good enough, you're going to get paid and you're going to get paid whatever market value dictates after that. It's just it's going to happen or you're not good enough and boom, you're gone. You're out of town. It would be nice if there was a way for some of these teams to figure out, you know, trades with these quarterbacks a little bit quicker if they really aren't invested in them. Like, honestly, for Lamar Jackson, for me, it really shouldn't have taken this long. Like, if Baltimore, like, truly believed in him, which I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But they're probably holding off on trying to pay him because they're like, I don't know if I want to pay Lamar Jackson what it's going to take, you know, to really realistically get him excited. So if you didn't, then why aren't, why aren't you moving on from him like a year or two before it becomes a problem? So then you can get more assets, first round picks, young players, whatever it may be. Like, that's just the thing with some of these quarterback situations. It's like, it almost feels like some of the teams are waiting around for somebody to fail or get hurt. So then they can get the discount instead of just getting the deal done and being done with it. The part that I look at is like a lot of teams love the rookie quarterback deals, right? Because they can, you know, surround them with crazy expensive free agents, like with Herbert in, in LA you know, with Burrow in Cincinnati. Like, they can do different types of things that they want to because they don't have to pay their quarterback. Who the hell are they paying in Baltimore for Lamar Jackson? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no big-name guys there, at least on the offensive side of the football, that are commanding so much money that they can't afford to pay Lamar. Like, that's not the case. So, I, that's what's got me a little bit weird about it because, like Kyle said, could they have done this earlier? Yeah, I think they probably could have and should have because they're not utilizing those funds elsewhere. If they were surrounding him with top tier talent to get Super Bowl wins, okay, yeah, sorry, Lamar, you're killing it. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you, but we got to take advantage of this right now while we can, so that we can win all these Super Bowls, and then you're gonna get the fattest sack you ever seen. But they they haven't done that either, so it's weird. I mean, he is representing himself, and at a quarterback position, I'm hoping that he's able to to take advantage of it. Like I said, do I think any quarterbacks are worth the amount of money that they're getting paid right now no probably not but until the league caps it at a certain number it's just going to be people one up on each other every single time i think it's crazy that they haven't paid lamar i really do i, I just like you guys I'm, I'm i'm going off the same point i just 
it's 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 like you said kyle it's like you know you're almost confusing yourself as a as a brain trust where you're like yes we want to pay him but no we don't want to pay him because we're unsure of xyz so that tells me that you're not fully invested and believing in a Lamar because you would have paid him already. We've seen the extensions already have we're shit. We're already seeing the Bengals talking about a Joey B extension. Yeah. So if you were fully invested in a Lamar because, and then the are that's why the media is having a field day on this because of the media quote unquote, but that's why they have a field day because, Oh, Lamar Jackson can't be a pocket quarterback. He doesn't have to be child, please. That's not his game. Okay. He's got a cannon of, an arm but he's a running quarterback that's just what he is and if you want to build your system you can win with a Lamar there's no question in my mind you can win with a Lamar I just don't understand what Baltimore's doing but it's interesting stuff as it is the, but highest, Joey B, go ahead. the highest paid players on Baltimore's roster Ronnie Stanley tackle there he signed go. a five-year 98.7 million dollar 1975 a year Marlon Humphrey's a defensive back at 19.5 a year Marcus, Marcus Williams a free safety at 14 million a year and then Andrews at 14 million a year I mean, yeah, and it's not like they have that guy either where it's like, oh, crap, like we're going to have to pay him very soon, too. They don't they don't really have that guy either. So why not start the clock earlier as well? Like the longer you wait too, like the more expensive on maybe an extra couple of years there. Whereas, you know, with this guy, you say, hey, we're going to take care of you a little bit more now, but we're going to make the contract a little bit shorter. Now you can be out into his 30s if for some reason he starts to take those hits that scare people or he starts to break down. So in, instead of now you get into, because let's face it too, guaranteed money's becoming a thing with quarterbacks. Like mm. after Deshaun Watson gets fully guaranteed, these guys are going to start getting more and more guaranteed money. We've already started to see it anyway. So, you know, you're going to have to pay you know, you know, you're gonna have to pay Jackson a, a ton of guaranteed money as well. Start the clock sooner so you can be done with it sooner if something does happen. And if it doesn't and he absolutely balls out, then great. Look at another extension down the road if you need to. But like start the clock, get them signed, take care of them if that's what you want to do. Like there's one position in all of major sports you really don't want to piss off, and it's a starting quarterback in the NFL because your team can go south really really quick True. if something happens although the packers have been doing it for like three years now and then they're <laughs> yeah. fine and aaron, aaron Rodgers shows up to camp today looking like nick cage from con air so yes. i mean i don't know he, he he loves himself more than ocho cinco does and i didn't think that was possible imagine how much cheaper of a deal they could have got with lamar had they signed him say before the deshaun watson deal huge yeah they could have saved themselves a lot of money had they signed him before then between now, that now they're going to be stuck on the hook for a lot more I don't, especially if he balls out. I mean, yep. Yeah, but I mean, noteworthy news. Joey B, he's undergoing surgery to remove an appendix. I mean, he should be fully recovered. He's going to miss some time in practice uh, for training camp. But I mean, better now than later is oh, yeah. the quote. And I mean, yeah. you know, just noteworthy. Keep your guys' eyes on that. But Trey Day in San Francisco. I know we got to touch this before we leave because. I'm a little bit here. I was doing my QB rankings, dropped that show, and I started doing my rankings. I'm a Trey fan, Trey Truther, 110. Oh, Kyle, Kyle's clapping over there. But my concern, my concern is that he basically redshirted last year. And I we know the raw talent that he does have and he does possess. Cannon of an arm, extremely mobile and can get free, big body guy. So he's not going to take the punishment. But where I'm where I'm concerned is it's like the Trevor Lawrence thing. I mean, okay, yes, he's got Kyle Shanahan where Trevor Lawrence had Urban Meyer. I get it. It's completely different. 
But I mean, what are we truly expecting Trey to do this year? Is it going to be like a Jalen Hurts where rushing upside is going to save your fantasy day in garbage time? Or is he actually going to be able to figure out on the field throwing the football? I know Kyle Shanahan gave the the endorsement basically today saying, you know, he is our guy, the offense moving forward, Jimmy G peace out. But I don't know. I'm still a little bit worried. I think I had him at my quarterback 15 where everyone, the consensus has him at 13 right now. I know it's only two spots, but I'm a little concerned because I just think, you know, he's going to pop off early on because a lot of people don't know his game. But once they have that film on the man, we know how quick this can go sideways for a, you know, developmental, raw, super talented quarterback. And I, I just have some fears. I think the thing that, you know, he has going against him right now is a lot of people associate Trey Lance with Patrick Mahomes and that whole situation. Trey Lance you know, isn't, he is not me. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. That's me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's 100% me. That's you said that? Yeah. Okay. But no, I mean, maybe the situation, but as the type of the player, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not a 5,000 yard passer. I see his numbers closer to what we see from Kyler Murray every year. High threes, 3,800, 3,900, flirting with 4,000 passing yards. Right around there, he's rushing for four, five, six, seven hundred yards a season. He's not turning the ball over a ton. I mean, he's getting in the the low twenties and touchdowns through the air, a handful on the ground, and he's leading his team to victory. I, I have no issues with Trey Lance, but I just don't look at Trey Lance and say he is going to put up Patrick Mahomes type numbers because the situation is similar. I don't see Trey Lance being that five thousand yard, forty five touchdown guy. I just don't see that especially in an offense that is so creative with Kyle Shanahan, they find ways to utilize running backs in the backfield and put other, you know, wide receivers in situations to, to excel. I love Trey Lance. And right now I think we have him at 14 and he's going to flirt with getting inside the top 12. The only thing keeping him out of there right now for me is there are just so many good quarterbacks right now in fantasy football that it's hard to say, all right, if I'm bumping up Trey, who am I bumping down? You know, because mm-hmm. that's the biggest issue I, I think he's going to succeed this year. How confident am I in that? I spent uh, Monday night on eBay buying Trey Lance rookie cards <laughs> because I knew this day was coming. I didn't know it was going to be coming on Tuesday, but I, I sat there on eBay and I bought some Trey Lance rookie cards for dirt cheap thing. And I, you know what? If he gets named the starter, these are going to go up. And sure as hell, next day, he's named the starter. I'm one of those guys. I have crazy expectations. But you don't think 5,000 yards and stuff, do you? If he had a Chiefs-like team around him with yes. like a Tyreek Hill, like different that story. Type, then but given yes. what he has, so I'm not saying he's throwing for like five thousand yards or something like that. I'm not saying he's winning MVP this year or anything like that. But like his talent is very similar to Mahomes, and that's why I comped those two guys coming out because I was like, all right. A little bit of a smaller school, obviously smaller than Texas Tech, but kind of the same thing. Smaller school, not that big-time program that you're taking a look at, and this guy, like, jumps off the page right away, kind of started to come in a little bit late in the process because you had those tools, you had those fundamental things. He's got the IQ. He's got that strong arm. He's got everything that you need from a quarterback that you can't teach to a quarterback. So, the small school thing where maybe he's not seeing the type of reads and not seeing the type of defenses and not seeing the type of shifts that you'll see at the larger college level. Those are things. Now he gets to sit for a year and learn. And he sits for a year behind a guy that isn't a knock your socks off quarterback, but he's a guy that understands the game. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo understands the game and has a good feel for it and has a decent football IQ. 
And now you have a really, really good offensive minded head coach to help you succeed. So is everything similar? No. Are some things similar? Yes. I could see Trey Lance realistically going as far as like quarterback six. In my opinion is if I had to go upside, that's where I could see. Cause I could see this guy going for 4,030 potentially if Debo's healthy all year, if Iuk is healthy all year, if Kittle is healthy all year, you got those weapons around you. You've got a running game that, again, can it's not a banger of a running game, but it is somebody that can help you out. It is guys back there that are utilized appropriately. I mean, he's got everything. Just, you know, hopefully he's ready to just take that step and lead this team, and hopefully he's confident. He's got to have the confidence. If he's got the confidence, I think he's going to be just fine. So when it comes to Trey Lance, I had to pull my scouting report from from his rookie year, uh, from the draft. Calm demeanor, solid frame, very good speed, strong runner, runner, arm talent is elite, great deep ball, great velocity and zip, progressions are good, very instinctive, TD to NT ratio is fantastic, raw tendencies. You know who my comp was? I had to go back and find out who my comp was because I was curious. You said Mahomes. You know who my comp was for this man? Is it somebody that's active? Active. Hmm. And this was after a lot of film study. I think I watched every snap of Trey Lance. Is it an elite quarterback? It's an elite quarterback. Part of me wants to say. I was going to say Herbert. Either Russell Wilson but or Aaron really Rodgers. Sense. Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Okay. I, I, I wasn't going that I, I, I had him as Josh Allen because. I think I remember having that conversation. All, though, of, all of the intangibles he possesses. The arm talent is. Like you said, you can't teach certain things. What you can do is improve them. And and when it comes to a guy like a Trey Lance, his issue more it's so weird because normally when you see a right-handed quarterback, he has issues throwing left. Lance can go deep left, he can go uh, intermediate left. He struggles going right deep. It's weird, man. You don't see it. Does so the ball like sail on him? It sails and he's always going. It's like a, you know when you're golfing and you kind of like you hit your ball and it it takes a slice. That's kind of what it does when he throws Slicing. right. It's it's weird. But these are the types of things when I look at his film and I'm like this is a completely coachable trait because either it's footwork or it's hip or it's release, but it's because he's got so much zip on that damn ball. He's a, he, he needs to understand when to corral it back. That was something like Josh Allen had that problem with. He threw the ball so damn hard that it was like, it wasn't that Josh, everyone knocked Josh out. He's not an accurate guy. No, he was just throwing the ball too damn hard and didn't understand when to take some of it off. Now you see the differences. So for me at Trey Lance, with different weapons who can stretch the field, I think Trey Lance has the ability to be an elite level quarterback in this league. I'm just worried that year one expectations may be a little high. He just he has to learn and, and figure his own shit out before we can say he's going to be that next level quarterback. I'm going to give the listeners a little something extra here right now and kind of talk maybe coaching for a second. So I know from a baseball standpoint, if you have an issue with the ball sailing on you, if you're a right hander. Normally, a lot of times what happens with it is your arm slot drops and you get on the side of the ball, causing it to run that way. So, and I haven't, I mean, I don't have nearly the breakdown film that you do for these guys. Does he get on his side a little bit more often when he's running? Does he try to get down there and flip it out? I'd have to honestly go back because it's been a couple of years since okay. I watched that film. But I mean, I remember that being the problem. It was weird. I'm wondering he- if he's getting down on the side and 
that's what's causing it to on top of it more, but that's coachable. That's something it where is, an definitely. NFL head coach is going to see it. And when we start to see him in game action in the first couple of games, you may, may be like, damn, he cleaned that right up. Like that's something. And that's why the dude is, you know, that's why I feel like he could go so high is just because he's got all of that talent. Yeah. And it's, it's hip release too. I mean, his, his release is so fast. It's just depending on the motion of your hips, how you're turning. And that's weird because like, if, if you're going to the opposite side of your body, your hips naturally turn more of a rotation than you would going to the right. If you're a righty quarterback. So maybe that's part of his not follow through. I don't know. I'd have to go back to double check that, but it it's was all one of those in things. the hips. Isn't that what happy Gilmore said? In the, yeah. It's all, all in the hips. Chubbs, what was his name? Chubbs? Chubbs McGavin yeah, and I was yeah. shooter McGavin. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Chubbs, Chubbs. I don't know what was his name. Chubbs was his trainer. He killed Chubbs with. The I don't know what Chubbs' last name. Did he have a last name? I don't know if they ever said. I yeah, know Chubbs. He just called him Chubbs. Yeah, he put his hands on. His, it's all in the hips. Yeah. That's what. There you go. <laughs> Never knew you'd learn some life lessons from Happy Gilmore, did you? Right. Happy Gilmore taught us a lot, man. It was good stuff. Last one before we get the hell out of here. Player debate quickly, man. Who? needs to have a bigger season is under more pressure to produce this year. Lamar, Tua, or Hertz? Wait, who? Lamar, Tua, or Hertz? Because I find myself really struggling. Who needs to have the bigger season? Because Lamar's got the contract on the line. Hertz and Tua basically have their jobs on the line. I'm, I'm curious. Who needs to have that bigger season to prove it to everybody? I'm almost on the fence by saying Tua. Mm. But only for this reason. Even if Lamar doesn't have that good of a season, I don't care if Baltimore signs him. Somebody's giving him a fat bag. Like he's he's gonna get paid unless he gets astronomically hurt somewhere. So I don't think. Yeah, I mean, obviously playing better would be good, but even if he doesn't, somebody will pay him. For Jalen Hurts, I think everybody kind of just looks at Hurts as kind of quote unquote kind of gadgety, and nobody's really expecting him to go out there and take this huge jump in the passing game. He kind of is what he is. Tua, on the other hand has Jalen Waddle, he has Tyreek Hill, he's got Cedric Wilson, he's got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Mike Gusecki, all these weapons that, that are around him. And he's really never been given a solid 100% chance. He's always kind of been, you know, they always go to the bullpen and bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jacoby Brissett or whatever it may be. This is his opportunity to say, hey, I've overcome the hip injury. I am, I am what I am, you know, what I was in, in Alabama. I've overcome it. And with these weapons, I can excel, lead a franchise, pay me where I don't know if I can say that really for Hertz. Cause I don't even know if Jalen Hurts goes out there and has a, a quote unquote good year. If it's really going to change a whole lot. I think Tua has the most to lose or gain. I think Hertz is the closest to losing his job. Probably. And that for me is basically, if you're the closest to losing your job, you've probably got, to do the best job possible. I mean, they've even been saying he wasn't even really drafted to be the starter. He was drafted as kind of a guy to maybe build up and, you know, see what we can get out of him and be a backup to Carson Wentz. And if we move on from Carson Wentz and then got thrown into the fire, maybe a little bit earlier than I would have liked. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, if you're the closest to losing your job, you've got something to prove. But I also think that he is the guy that it's going to be the most difficult for him to prove it just because I don't think he has the tools to take the type of lead or leap that is needed to really put himself in that, that secure category. 
I don't, I, it's not that I don't hate, I like, I don't hate him sure. either. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't mind him. I think he's a decent NFL quarterback. I just don't think he's, I just don't think he's the guy that Philly wants him to be. And because of that, he's just not going to, you know, he's not, he's not going to become, you know, a guy that's going to get a fully, you know, going to get that big contract and get guaranteed money and stuff like that. So I, I have to go with Hurts. I think he's got the most to prove. I think Tua would be very close to him as well. But I also think if Tua goes out and has at least a decent year, he's probably still safe. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I only threw Lamar in there because of the money and the contract and everything, but it is basically Tua versus Hurts. And I mean, <sighs> They both don't really have excuses at this point because of how both teams really helped the cause offensively. A.J. Brown now, Devontae Smith, Dallas Godair, and then like the Miles Sanders, Kenny, Kenny Gainwell, et cetera. And then, like you said, you lined up the entire Miami offensive roster for Tua, for Tua Tagovailoa. I think Tua is the better natural passer personally so I think he will likely more succeed and that was always my issue with Jalen Hurts is that I didn't think that he had the full-on passing pedigree yes he went to OU yes he lit it up with uh what's his name uh, Lincoln Riley and I mean so did Baker Mayfield so I mean what else can we say about that but interesting stuff but hey that's all I got yeah a lot of news to talk Ooh. about love tons. it fact tons love it do us Football a favor season do us a favor, though, if you enjoyed this this banter bag more, leave us a five star review so we can continue to grow this podcast. We are we are verge top thirty on iTunes, and I really want to get inside the top twenty. Like, uh, I would love that. I would be greatly appreciative. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that shit. is getting those five star reviews in there. Let's get up to top five, man. Set the dude, bar high, dude. I will have some massive chub if we get top five. I promise. If someone leaves us a five star review after this episode, I will not make licking noises in the microphone next week. Perfect. <laughs> just you, you just re- only requiring one, right? Just one person's got to leave it. Okay, just one. <laughs> Otherwise, you're licking your microphone. Great. Glad <laughs> yes. we're on video. Glad me and Charles yeah. get to see it. Uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Do us a favor. Now you his, got his, to. His mic's gonna get herpes, man. Make that Gross. stop. Make it stop, wow. man. I'm not dirty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's just, just mono. There's medicine for that shit now. You're good. That's true. You can clean it up. You can. Yeah. So let's let's clean this up and get the hell out of here. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. <laughs>